Today we are continuing our series called God Is. And the title of my message is God Is Merciful. God is merciful. And, and as we dive into this, you know, what is mercy? You know, I've heard that word, word used. I've heard people use it in different ways. I've, I've heard parents use the word mercy when, when they see their child maybe getting ready to do something stupid or they found out they did something stupid and they're like, Lord have mercy. You know, I, I don't know why, but I've heard guys when they see a, a pretty young lady, they're like, mercy. I, I don't know what that means, but I've heard them use it that way. Maybe some of you think of that game you played in, in high school or middle school where you like lock fingers with somebody and you try to like break their fingers. You know, you're like going at it and then you get them in this move right here. And they're like, mercy, mercy. And you hold it a little longer and then you let go. And you have mercy on them. Maybe mercy, you're like, oh, yeah, it's a hospital down here in Oklahoma City or or some of you, when I said mercy, you thought about that, that blessed police officer who caught you speeding but had mercy on you and didn't give you a speeding ticket. You know, basically mercy, we can sum it up this way. We are shown mercy when we don't receive what we deserve. We are shown mercy when we don't receive what we deserve. And today I want to share with you a story from the Bible that really illustrates God's mercy. And to give you a little background on the scripture of, of what's going on here, Jesus is in the temple courts and he is teaching. And he has a massive crowd. You know, everywhere Jesus went, people were following him. They wanted to hear his teaching. And so he has this massive crowd. He is teaching. And then some Pharisees come in. They interrupt his teaching and they bring this woman. They throw him down before Jesus and they share with him how they caught her in the act of adultery. All right, so they bring this woman. She has committed adultery. They bring her in front of Jesus, this massive crowd. And they say to Jesus, they say, in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. What do you say? And this is where we pick up in John chapter 8, verse 6 through 11. It says, they were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, if any one of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time. The older ones first, until only Jesus was left, with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. Today I want to share with you three lessons we can learn about God's mercy from this passage of Scripture. Three lessons that we can learn about God's mercy. The first lesson is this. We are all in need of God's mercy. We are all in need of God's mercy. See, in life, when we break a law or when we break a rule, there are consequences. There are punishments. In my home when I was little, if I broke one of the rules, I was grounded. Or if it was a really bad, big rule or whatever, my dad was waiting for me with the, the belt. You know what I'm saying? He was sitting there waiting for me and there was a punishment or a consequence for breaking the rule. When I was in elementary school, you know you're not supposed to talk while the teacher was talking and I had a talking problem. I used to chatter and talk all the time and so I broke the rule. My punishment was I got my desk put in the corner. 
Come on, how many of you had your desk put in the corner in elementary school? Come on, raise them high. Be proud. You know, we, you know you did it. And that was me. I was first through fifth grade. I think every grade my desk was put in the corner. Matter of fact, in fifth grade, I was in the corner so long the teacher forgot about me. She forgot to give me a test and my mom got all mad. And I was just always in the corner. I was breaking the rule. And so that was my consequence. That was my punishment. You break the law. What happens? You're going to get arrested. You're going to go to trial. You're going to get put in jail. There are consequences and punishments for breaking laws and breaking rules. And this is where this woman is. She has been caught. She committed adultery. And now she is facing her punishment. And the first thing we need to understand is that this was not considered an unjust punishment during this time. Matter of fact, during this time, if a man and woman were caught in the act of adultery, they were then taken to a trial. And if they were found guilty in the trial, their punishment, all right, for breaking this law and this crime was to be stoned together. So this wasn't unjust. The the, the Pharisees could have stoned her and nobody would have thought twice about it. They would have thought, well, that's what she gets. She committed adultery. That is her punishment. Well, can you imagine if that was still a law today? There'd be a whole lot less adultery going on, right? I'm not trying to get stoned. Hopefully nobody else is trying to get stoned. But anyway, she is guilty. She is guilty. She has been brought before Jesus, this huge crowd, and, and, and she is being humiliated. But even worse, she is awaiting her punishment. She's guilty. She's been caught. She knows the law. And so she's listening to the dialogue between Jesus and the Pharisees. And they're demanding an answer. And and I'm sure coming to Jesus, it might have brought her a little bit of hope. If she knew anything about Jesus, she was like, oh, Jesus, he's compassionate. He's loving. I've seen him forgive, heal. He's going to get these guys off my back. He's going to give me a second chance. And so she's probably feeling a a little comforting uh, until she hears Jesus say, all right, if any one of you is without sin, be the first to throw the stone at her. These are probably not the words she was hoping to hear. She was probably hoping to hear Jesus say, okay, hey, stop. Leave her alone. Don't cast any stones. But Jesus says, hey, if you're without sin, go ahead. Chuck one. And so this had to be crushing for her to to hear this. And and I'm sure as she was there, after he said this, these aren't even moral men. I'm sure she is like bracing herself for the first stone to come crashing against her skin. But Jesus doesn't stop there. Because I'm sure some of these Pharisees, once they heard that, even though they had sinned, they were still bringing their arm back. But then Jesus started writing in the sand. And they started to read the writing in the sand. And The woman hears Jesus writing in the sand, and instead of hearing the rocks pound her flesh, she hears the rocks drop and hit the ground. She looks out of the corner of her eye, and she sees the Pharisees leaving. And again, I'm sure at that moment that was a bit comforting for her, but she's still guilty. And she knows she's guilty. She knows that Jesus could say, let's take this woman to trial. Let's do the due process. They haven't even brought her to trial. They're already trying to stone her. Let's take her to trial. And if she's guilty, then she could be stoned. Or what did Jesus say? He said, whichever one of you has not sinned, go ahead and cast a stone. The only person qualified now to throw that stone is Jesus. And this woman knows Jesus could stone her. Nobody would have thought twice about it. Some might have applauded. She got what she deserved. She committed adultery. 
It's legal to punish her this way. And, and so what does Jesus do? Does he condemn her? Does he send her to trial? Does he scold her, slap her? Does he say to her, you disgust me? How could you cheat on your husband? Does he throw a stone at her? No. He asks her, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them accuse you? She says, no, Lord. And then Jesus says, neither do I. Go and sin no more. Jesus was merciful. Jesus was merciful. This woman was shown mercy by not receiving a punishment that she deserved. She was shown mercy. The biblical meaning of mercy is to be spared or rescued from judgment, harm, danger, or trouble. Jesus rescued this woman from judgment. She was guilty. She had committed adultery. She was caught. She knew the punishment, but Jesus rescued her from the judgment, from the punishment. See, all of us can relate to this woman because we all have sinned. It may not be adultery, but we all have sinned. Every person in this room, if you are living and breathing, you have sinned. We all are sinners, every single one of us. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, it says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. For the wages of sin is death. When the Bible is talking about death here, it is referring to a spiritual death. It's a death which separates us from God in eternity. See, because of our sin, we all deserve to go to hell. That's the spiritual death. We all, we all have a physical death. We'll all die on earth. But after that, there is a spiritual death. For those that don't have a relationship and don't know Christ, they will spend eternity in a place called hell. And because of our sin, we all deserve to go to hell. But because of God's gift of mercy and grace, we can spend eternity with him in heaven. See, God's mercy prevents us from receiving what we deserve. And every one of this, in this room has sinned. Every one of us in this room will sin. And therefore, we are all in desperate need of God's mercy. And with God, he knows every sin we commit. See, maybe with your parents or the law, you can get away with things. You can, you can sneak away. You, you can not get caught. But, but with God, there is a never when we get caught moment. We are always caught. When we sin, we can't fake out God. He sees it every time. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 3. It says, the Lord is watching everywhere, keeping his eye on both the evil and the good. With God, there is no getting lucky. We are always guilty. We are always caught. He sees every sin, and this is where his mercy comes to play. Because none of us deserve heaven. We deserve hell, but because of God's mercy, heaven is available to all mankind, and we aren't doomed to spend eternity separate from God. I, I personally thank God every day for his mercy. I thank him that his mercy endures forever. I'd be in trouble if it only lasted me one day. But his mercy endures forever, and I thank him. And this is what acknowledging his mercy does. It keeps me humble. It reminds me that I didn't earn my salvation. That I can be saved only by his mercy and by his grace. And that is it. And so we must remember and, and know in this place that all of us, we are all in need of God's mercy. 
The second lesson I want us to learn from this passage is God wants us to be merciful. God wants us to be merciful. John chapter 8 verse 6 through 9 says again, they were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, If any one of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down, wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time. The older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Here are these Pharisees. They are licking their chops. They picked out some special stones. You know, they picked out some extra heavy ones. Here is this woman. They know the law. They are ready to just start chucking them at her. And then Jesus says, hey, if you haven't sinned, go ahead. And they're like, oh, who cares? We're just going to throw it anyway. And then he starts to write in the sand. What does Jesus write in the sand to cause these trigger-happy Pharisees to stop in their tracks, drop their walk, rocks, and walk away? What causes these Pharisees who came to humiliate and were ready to stone this woman, what caused them to walk away? An embarrassment in front of everybody. You know, the Bible doesn't tell us what Jesus wrote in the sand, but it wouldn't surprise me as... As Jesus was kneeling down and writing. Oh yeah, Pharisee Bob, uh uh-huh. Yeah, you slept with Barbara, Shanice, and Carla before you were married, Uh uh-huh. Oh, 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 Pharisee Zeke? Yeah, 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 you're married? You were with the prostitute two nights ago, Uh uh-huh. Pharisee Phil, you're a liar. You, You cheat the poor. Pharisee Joseph, you just got drunk last night drinking the ceremonial wine at the block party. Pharisee Zach, you cheat on your taxes. See, it would not surprise me in that saying that Jesus was airing out all their dirty laundry for everybody to see. He was just listing them off, and they were like, ooh. (laughs) See, if you had forgot, let me remind you. We are all sinners. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Jesus was reminding them no one is perfect. And that we must show others mercy. Let us not forget Romans chapter 3 verse 23. It says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All, everybody, we all have sinned. We are all sinners. We are all in need of God's mercy. And therefore we all should show mercy. Luke chapter 6 verse 37, it says, do not judge And you will not be judged. Do not condemn. And you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. See, God is the judge. Not us. God is the judge. Not us. We are to forgive as God has forgiven. We are to show mercy as he has shown mercy. We're not to be judging people and condemning them. We're to show mercy to them. But see, some of us, we got a little something stuck in our eye. Matthew chapter 7 verse 3 through 5 gives an explanation. It says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the blank, the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Some of us, we just walking around like this. We got a big old, I mean, it's just huge, gigantic sticking out of our eye. And it's blinding us, right? 
Because isn't it easier to see the speck in someone else's? Isn't it easy to look past our mess and our sin and be like, ooh, look what they're doing over there. It just makes us feel better, right? Well, I know I got some problems, but my neighbor, he really got, he really got problems. And it's easy to condemn and judge, but, but God is the one that is to judge, not us. We are to show mercy because we all have issues. We all mess up. Every single one of us. And so we are to be compassionate, forgiving, and merciful. To close out, I want to show you a clip here. Just, I think it's a great illustration of someone showing mercy. So let's check out this clip. I said I did my best. You're nothing. You lost. You're a loser. No, you're the loser, man. Oh, I'm the loser, huh? Yeah. Now who's a loser? You know, you're really sick, man. Hey. Hey, come on. Hey. Don't. How does second place feel now, huh? Come on, he can't breathe. Mind your business. You're gonna kill him. Sensei, please, you're hurting him. He's sorry, okay? He really is. Wait. Let him go. Yeah, just be on his right. Let him go. I say, let him go. Beat it slow, or you're next. Now let's be honest. How many of you wanted Mr. Miyagi just to karate chop that dude in the neck? Come on, let's be honest. You wanted him to be like, ah! That guy was a jerk. He's beating up on kids. And if you saw the movie, his whole, that guy's whole thing was no mercy. Don't show any mercy. Defeat your opponent. Destroy them. Matter of fact, the match before is his, his, uh, pupil or whatever was just beating the mess out of, out of the karate kid until he bust out the, what? And he took him out and, Sometimes we feel like, man, we see people like that, they don't deserve mercy. Go ahead, karate chop their head off. But maybe Mr. Miyagi showing him mercy right there was the wake-up call that man needed. He was embarrassed a little bit, but maybe it was the thing he needed. Because Mr. Miyagi could have messed him up right there. And maybe that was the thing he needed to turn his life around, to turn his thinking around. See, if we show others mercy, even if we think they don't deserve it, if we can be compassionate and forgiving... That can impact somebody's life. It can change somebody's life. Your act of mercy could be the thing that can completely turn somebody around. And that's why we are to be like Jesus. We are to be merciful and show mercy to others. Because, again, the reality is we're all sinners. We've all messed up. We've all made mistakes. We must show others mercy. The third lesson I hope I want you to learn today is God is merciful so that everyone will repent and turn to him. God is merciful so that everyone will repent and turn to him. 
John chapter 8, verse 10 through 11. It says, Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. The story ends with Jesus telling this woman to leave her life of sin. Now, now what is Jesus saying here? He's, he's telling her, repent. He's telling her to repent. He's saying, I have shown you mercy. I'm not going to allow judgment to be cast on you. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rescue you from this judgment, from this punishment. I've shown you mercy. Now repent and receive my grace. Receive uh, my forgiveness and healing. Now, the Bible does not tell us where this woman is spiritually. It doesn't even tell us what she does after Jesus shows her mercy. All we know is that Jesus shows her mercy. And that now the ball is in her court. The ball is in her court. And that's all God can do with us. That is all God can do with us. He can't force us to stop sinning. He can't force us to have a relationship with him. So he does everything possible on his part to give us a chance to live for him. That's all he can do. He does his part. He does everything possible as it relies on him to give us that chance. He does his part and then he leaves it up to us. To do ours. He gave her the command, and, and we don't know what she did. We just know Jesus gave her a second chance. He gave her an opportunity to find healing, for her life to be changed, for her to give her life to Him. You know, one of my biggest barriers to receiving Christ was thinking that I was doomed to hell. I, I, I just, that's what I thought. I thought there's no way God would forgive me. I, I've denied Him, I, I have cursed Him, I have just done things that are just horrible. I mean, I just thought to myself, there is no way he's letting my nasty behind through those pearly gates. There's no way I'm getting through. I mean, there are times I was afraid to walk into a church because I was afraid lightning would just come down and strike me. And that's what I thought. You know what? I thought it so much that I thought hell was a party. I was proud to go to hell. Yeah, I'm going to hell. We're all going to hell. Let's go to hell. We're going to have a party, you know, drink a little with the devil, do a little cabbage patch. Hey, devil. Hey, devil. Let's party. Yeah, hell's a big party, man. We're all going to go to hell and party it up. And that's what I thought. Come on, how many of you ever thought that? How many of you ever made those comments out of your mouth? Oh, yeah, I'm going to hell. We're going to party up there, down there. But the reality is, is that Hell is not a party. Hell is a place of darkness, fire, of, of torment. And the worst is it's a place where people will be totally separated from God in eternity. But let me tell you one other thing about hell. It's a place that God wants to save us from. It's a place that God wants to save us from because he wants us to spend eternity with him in heaven. But he won't force it. So he offers his mercy. He offers every chance for us to repent. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 9. It says the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. It says he is patient with you not wanting anyone to perish but everyone to come to repentance. This is why Jesus showed this woman 
mercy because he did not want her to perish. But he wanted her to come to repentance, to, to put her faith in him. The one thing we do know about that woman is obviously Jesus telling her to repent. At that moment in time, she had not given her life or, or her faith was not in Christ. And so if those men would have stoned her and killed her, she would have gone to hell. And so Jesus, out of his love, showed her mercy. He gave her a second chance. If it would have ended right there, if he would have let the punishment, he had, he had to tell her to repent. So at that moment, she was not in a right relationship with God. If he would have let that sentence be carried out right there in front of Jesus, one soul would have been lost. And Jesus was not willing to let that happen. He showed her mercy. He rescued her for this judgment. And then he put it in her hands. He gave her, he said, here, the ball is in your court. I've shown you mercy. Repent. Leave your life of sin. And the choice is now hers. God does and is doing everything possible for everyone to come to repentance. Because he doesn't want anyone to perish. His mercy plays a huge part in this. God is merciful because he wants a relationship with us. He wants everyone to go to heaven. Even though. We deserve to go to hell. We're all in need of God's mercy. None of us are perfect. None of us ever will be. We need his mercy for the rest of our lives. We must show others mercy. Us being merciful, compassionate, forgiving could be the very thing to change somebody, to impact somebody, to open their eyes so that they can turn their life over to God. That they can truly take advantage of His mercy, which the whole purpose of it is so that everyone will repent and turn to God and have a relationship. See, God's mercy directly reflects His love. It makes a way because He won't force anything on us. He will not force one person to go to heaven. But he offers his gift of mercy and grace so that we can receive it. Give our hearts and our lives to him. And then be with him in eternity forever. In heaven. God is merciful. Let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you for your mercy.